Is it on? Welcome to the Shant Show with your hosts, Curtis, Josh, Mario, and Jordan. Alright everybody, welcome into another edition of the Shant Show. We come to you leading up into Coastal Carolina's game on Thursday night, ESPN 2 against the Georgia State Panthers, a team that comes into this game 0-3 following a loss to Charlotte. Um, It's a team that's up and down. You know, in the first week, they looked competitive against South Carolina up until about halftime. They played North Carolina really tough in Atlanta, and North Carolina barely survived with a win there. And then they lose by one point to Charlotte. So it's a team that every game they've been in, and a lot like Coastal... You know, Coastal's had all the bounces go their way. Four turnovers last week, and it's made the difference. Georgia State hasn't had those bounces, and they're 0-3. So it's going to be a tight game. Coastal Carolina currently favored by two points in the betting, but ESPN's Power Index has Georgia State favored as a 52% chance to win the game. So we'll see. Jordan, what are you looking for on Thursday night? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for us to, to definitely try to get revenge on this team. Um, I know all the players have had this game circled on their calendars since last year. We all know what happened homecoming last year at our spot, surf turf and Georgia state, um, comes in with Danny Granger. Um, and he just balls out on us and he, he had a homecoming coming back from, uh, coming to Conway, his hometown and, um, just really played a really good game and the whole team just fed off of him coming home. So I expect us to come in and, uh, to, into their house and try to get a good win on this team. And even though they haven't won, like you said, they've had some competitive games with some really good um, teams in South Carolina and uh, North Carolina. So uh, homecoming for Sam Pinckney as well. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm expecting him to have a really good game as well. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But, um, yeah, this is definitely one of the games on the calendar to, to look out for. So I'm expecting us to play a really good four-quarter game against Georgia State. Yeah, I mean, you basically said all, all Jordan. Uh, obviously, last game was a game that really, like, really stuck in all our minds. Um, what I didn't realize was they got a lot of returning players, too. You know, it's not just Danny Granger. It's guys like Tucker Gregg. It's guys like Jordan uh, Veneziale. It's guys like Blake Carroll. They got a lot of returning players. And overall, like this is a game that I feel like Coastal needs to get back, not because they're a 3-0 and team that's been struggling recently, but because – we need this game back just uh, in terms of like revenge. It's as simple as that. Like we need to get this game back. Danny Granger had a really good homecoming last year. He's going to have an, um, it's going to be up there in Atlanta. Let's ruin that for him. So overall, like I know the spread says it's going to be close, but I really do think Coles is going to come and motivate. I think we're going to see a completely different game than what we've been seeing in the past three games. Yeah, it should be a hard-fought game. Georgia State's coming off. They're 0-3, but they're a few plays away from being 3-0, and honestly. They had an electric showing last week, put up almost 50 points and still lost. So they're definitely a team that's capable of scoring a lot of points. And while their defense might not be good, we haven't seen our defense be spectacular really for a whole game yet. So we're definitely going to have to clean up the stuff that we failed to do last week and – just come in there ready to play. I mean, big game. We're going to have a couple million people watching us tomorrow. So Sean's got to step up and be ready tomorrow. Yeah, this is a good opportunity to show off who Coastal really is. 
Earlier this week, ESPN put out an article. Um, it was behind the ESPN Plus paywall, so not everyone got a chance to look at it, where they ranked the 33 remaining undefeated teams in, in FBS. And Coastal Carolina came in at number 33, dead last. ESPN thinks that this is the worst undefeated team in the country. And it's tough to argue that. Coastal Carolina hasn't looked good or convincing in any of their three games. Yeah, sure, the Army game was a really good fight, but that Army team, every week that we get further away from that game, that Army team looks worse and worse and barely beats Gardner-Webb, needs four fumbles against Buffalo to win. And now we go into this Georgia State game with a national audience and the ESPN coverage that you need to garner national support. And Coastal Carolina has to take advantage. Coastal Carolina cannot let this opportunity slip through their hands. They have to win this game. They have to win it convincingly. And I think that there's a possibility to do that. However, on the other side of the ball, they're, they've got some guys. You know, Mario, you talked earlier about Tucker Gregg and, and Darren Granger. You know, they've got a lot of guys on this team that are really good. Is there anybody that, that worries you a lot, I mean, outside of those two? Yeah, besides those two, it was a guy that I was like really scouting last year, too, Jordan Veneziale. You know, he is a great player. He leads his team this year in uh, tackles with 28. Last year, he had about, like, four sacks. Jordan Veneziale is a really good defensive player. And that was a guy last year and this year that I had circle, and I was like, watch out for this guy. I was even talking to – um, somebody who worked for their content team last year when we were on like when we were both working cameras, I said, I said, look, you guys like, you know, it's going to be a good game. You guys got some really good players. And I mentioned like Jordan Veneziale and she even like backed it up. She was like, yeah, he's a really good player. And so, you know, again, the good news is we got to we got to look at him a year ago. Now, could he have improved as a player now? Of course. So we're going to have to see what type of player we're going to get out of here. But but this is definitely a guy that I would have circled. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and point out Robert Lewis. He's their number two receiver, and while he only has 190 yards through three games, he also has four touchdowns. He's kind of their touchdown guy, while Jamari Thrash is their number one yardage guy. So while we're going to be focused on Jamari Thrash, we have to be worried about Robert Lewis as well. We have to keep him in check. And obviously, you have to watch out for him in the red zone. So he's a guy that's going to break the big play he's a guy they look to in the red zone we're gonna have jordan strong and hopefully uh, we don't really know the status of lance boykin but from what i've heard it seems like he's going to play so hopefully those two guys are there but as we saw with gardner webb even if they don't the teams won't throw it on the outside corners if they don't have to they're going to pick apart the middle of the field and if georgia state's watching any game film that's what they're going to do so these safeties have to step up and these linebackers are going to have to pick these guys up in coverage so robert lewis is definitely a guy i'm looking out for uh, for me, I, I like uh, their corner, uh, Quavion White. This guy here has played in three games this year, and guess what? He's got three interceptions in all three of those games. So he is probably one of their best corners on their defense, one of the best ball hawking safeties. He is no slouch. He can play. Um, he is probably going to get an opportunity to play at the next level. That's just how good of a player he is. Um and he's also a really good tackler um, if it gets to the open space. So I think that, you know, we're going to have to be really careful. Um, more likely, if he's got three interceptions in three games, more likely he's going to be on Sam Pinckney. So that's going to be a really good matchup to see um, matchup-wise, wide receiver to corner. So I want to see what happens um, in that matchup. But 
definitely got to look out for Quavion White. I think that he's going to be somebody that if there's something – could happen. He's gonna. If something bad could happen for us, it's probably gonna be because of him. I'm not suspecting Grayson to throw another interception um, this game, but you just never know. So, maybe on White for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go Jamari Thrash. I mean, this is a guy that you mentioned him earlier, Josh. He's their leading receiver. Last week, he had over 200 yards on 10 catches, and this is a Coastal Carolina defense that hasn't been able to stop the big play all season. They rank 93rd in defensive uh, productivity, and a lot of that has to do with them giving up 20, 30, 40 yards at a clip to Army on you know play action, to Garner Webb throwing it deep, to. Buffalo never really had any major like big plays, which was a step in the right direction. You need to continue that. But this is a guy that's way more talented than any wide receiver Buffalo brought into that game. Is is way harder to coverage, and with the potential, you know, subtraction of Boykin, it's going to be a tough game. And, and he's a guy that I've got my eye on, and, and I'm going to be looking for. We would be remiss going into this game if we didn't talk about last year. This is a game that Coastal Carolina came in, and they should have won. They should have beat this team on homecoming, and 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 sent them back to Atlanta. You know, and they didn't. They let Darren Granger, the Conway native, dominate that game. And I want to know who has more motivation going into this week. You know, Josh, you you mentioned all the starting returners for Georgia State. Do they carry that swagger and that belief that, hey, we beat them last year, we'll beat them again? Or does Coastal take the revenge angle and have the advantage here? Yeah, I think think Georgia State's going to be motivated, and especially it's really – they're a desperate 0-3 team. They've had bowl aspirations. I've seen them projected anywhere around seven, six wins. So they're a team that people thought was going to compete for a bowl spot. And now they're going into Sunbelt play with zero wins when they thinking they should probably have two of them by now. And they're going to be desperate. They need that first win. And what, what better way to do it against Coastal? But you hear it around campus. All these guys are talking about it. They want to get their lick back against Georgia State. A lot of the backups last year that had to sit behind these big names and felt that they could have provided a chance for us to win that game last year. They're really motivated. And then obviously Sam Pickney is going to be motivated. And like you said earlier, um, that corner white, he's been there for five years. So him and Sam Pickney know each other very well and they went against each other in practice. So I already know Sam Pickney is going to be motivated. I think Georgia State is going to try to keep him out of the game, but I don't know. I think both teams are probably equally motivated and I think it's going to be a very tight game and you're going to be able to kind of feel the tension in the game because both of these teams want it so bad. Yeah, I I feel like it's going to be a little bit of both. I feel like it is because, you know, Curtis said it best. I mean, you know, they got the they got the edge on us. You know, a lot of these guys that are coming that came back this year, they know what it's like to beat us. So they feel like they got a, the blueprint to beat us. So I feel like um, if you're coastal, I want them to take the revenge angle, but at the same time, I don't want them to get so con- consumed in it that it-, it causes us to not play our brand of football. I want us to go out and try to just go out there and play all four corners, get this win in Atlanta, take it back to Conway, and just focus on the next opponent because we have to. We can't just stay focused on Georgia State. We have to look for. We have to look at this team right here and there, take care of business, and move forward. But sometimes when you want to get revenge on another team that has beaten you, you lose sight of what you've done in practice. You look, you lose sight of 
everything the coaches are telling you what to do. You start making mistakes. And, you know, the other team's getting in your head. So we need to go out and play our brand of football, go whoop their butt, and take it back to Conway. It's, it's really just that simple. But when if it starts to get to where we're making mistakes, we're fumbling the ball like we did last week, we're not deep balls, and we're not making the plays on defense, we're going to be in for another close game. And dare I say, maybe it, it could be it could be another loss. But I feel like they definitely need to take this angle, but be cautious with it. Yeah, so if you were to ask who has the most pressure on them, Coastal, and it's not even close. Like, it's Coastal, and it's not even close. The fact that we're 3-0, and at this point, these past three games have felt like a survival mode. Like Jordan said uh, last episode, you know, we're not the hunters, we're the hunted. And that's what it's been feeling like for Coastal fans. We feel like we're being hunted by those three teams that came in, and we felt like we are barely getting out of these games alive with a win. As far as motivation, here's what I will say. A lot what a lot of people forget about that whole Georgia State game was there was no Grayson McCall. The starting quarterback was Bryce Carpenter. And Bryce Carpenter is great. You know, we're big fans of Bryce Carpenter. We said this many, many times. But there's a reason why Grayson McCall is a starting quarterback. And when he got hurt and he wasn't able to play that game, uh, Bryce Carpenter had to step up. And he had to step in. And he played a great game. We just ended up losing. As a Georgia – now, a lot of Coastal fans don't say it, but some might. If Grayson McCall is in that game – we possibly win that game. Maybe we're still close, yeah, but we possibly win that game. So as a Georgia State like player, what I'd be thinking is, all right, we beat you guys. You guys had the second-string quarterback. That was your excuse for losing. Now let's try to beat you with the first string too to prove that we have your number. That would be the motivation for a Georgia State player right there is we're going to beat you while Grayson McCall is healthy. That would be the motivation if I was a Georgia State player. I personally think Georgia State is more motivated because a you're zero three, we're three and zero. So you're going to come in here and you're going to give us our try to give us our first loss because you're desperate for that. B because Grace McCall is playing this game and he is again he's on the list for like Heisman winners. So what better way to prove that you guys are an actual like good team than beating a potential Heisman candidate? And number three, like. I would also be motivated if I was like one of those wide receivers on Georgia State. You know, Sam Pinckney was arguably their best wide receiver that year. He's been their best wide receiver potentially. And the fact that he's here, that's another motivation factor for them too. So they got a lot of stuff that they can use as motivation to try to beat us. But the pressure is on us. And right there, I hope that that pressure is motivation for us to go in there and handle business. I think it's time we, we bring him up and we talk about the elephant in the room. Darren Granger, the Conway native. That's all the motivation you need. You had this kid in your backyard. Is he better than Grayson McCall? Would he have started over Grayson McCall? Who knows? I don't think he is, but the guy is putting up numbers. You know, he's he's got a 51% completion percentage. Not great. So he's going to throw a lot of incompletions. But when he completes the ball, eight touchdowns, a 7.4-yard average. Not terrible. He also has 172 yards rushing and a touchdown. He's averaging four and a half yards a rush. This is a guy that poses a serious threat to Coastal's defense. Who do you think on our defense can stop Darren Granger? And, and do you think that there's a system in place where we can contain this guy and walk out of Atlanta with a win? Jordan, I'll turn this one over to you. Did Jordan Strong? Did Jordan Strong? And, oh, yeah, did Jordan Strong. This guy, we we know what he's capable of. I think this guy is going to come into this game highly motivated. And I know for a fact he saw what Darren Granger did last year. And I, 
I know it's probably burning him. And it's not just him, but it's also the other corners and the linebackers as well that that played in coverage. So I think that Jordan Strong is going to get not one. I think he's going to get two picks tomorrow. I, I feel that confident in him. I mean, he's getting coming off that one. And we all know how he is. When he gets one, he want, he's going to get another, and he's going to get another. So I feel like the Jordan Strong is going to take this game to heart, and I feel like he's going to play really, really well. May even get a strip uh, fumble. So I got the Jordan Strong in this one. I mean, for me, like, that's a very good point, Jordan. He is, again, this year he has been very good passing. But we, I think we forget that he can also run, too. And if we end up foiling things for him throwing, he might end up using his legs to make big plays. And the way you stop that is with your linebackers. And honestly, there's two guys I can look at. I can look at uh, JT Killian. I was thinking about Shane Bruce, but again, we don't know about the whole concussion thing and Josiah Stewart. Those are the guys that are going to have to watch Dan, uh, Granger. And they're going to have to make sure that this guy doesn't get out that pocket and start making big plays on his legs. We have to stop him not only passing, but running too. We got to make them go to Tucker Gregg or some other or go to that run game. Because if we just continue to allow him making big plays, whether it's up in the air or on the ground, it could be a bad matchup for us. So I'm going to say those two linebackers right there, Josiah Stewart and JT Killian. Yeah, Mario, I'm going to go on the same note as you. It's going to be the two guys that are on the end. And it's going to be Braylon Ryan and Josiah Stewart. Darren Granger's a mobile quarterback. We've already seen last year. He's good for the moment. He's a big-time player, and he can make plays with his legs. So the two guys on the edge are going to have to contain him and send him up the middle. I don't know that they'll have any sacks this game because he's a guy that's very hard to sack, but they're going to have to at least contain him. And hopefully he can pick up on a week that a great week you had last week, and Gerard Clark can eat him up over the middle. So funnel him toward Gerard Clark. And, yeah, Braylon Ryan and Josiah Stewart are going to need to have big games to contain Darren Granger. Yeah, and I'm going to go with kind of an off-the-wall suggestion, but I think it's something Coastal's capable of. A good offense is a good defense. If we just keep that guy on the sidelines, he can't hurt us. And Coastal's defense is is fine. Coastal's defense is, isn't great, but they're good. They're good enough. And if Coastal's offense can become the great offense that we know it has the capability of doing, they can control the game and they can keep Darren Granger on the sideline and keep his numbers down. That being said, who are you looking for from Coastal on the offensive side of the ball? Who do you think has a really good matchup going into this game? You know, who's going to put up some numbers that maybe we didn't expect? Josh, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah, I'm going to go to Tyson Mobley. He's a guy last week he was kind of held in check. He did have a touchdown, but I think he only had one catch for five or six yards. And we all know that they're going to take Sam Pickney out the game. They're going to try to. I think they'd probably be pretty successful with it unless he gets a couple slant routes and they're going to give that up but Tyson Mobley is a guy that's going to need to have 70 80 yards in this game and I'd like to see a lot more of those jet touch passes the screen passes to him have worked great in the past couple games so I really think he's going to need and he's a guy that can get loose over the seam of the defense get over the top of them and score a 50 60 yard touchdown and we're going to need something like that to put energy into this offense and get the confidence back because I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't broken a go route for a touchdown yet, have we? So I'd like to see that this week, and there's no better guy than Tyson Mobley, so I'm looking for him to have a big game. Yeah, I think it's time we finally have a second wide receiver step up to complement Sam Pinckney. We haven't had that all season. It's basically been him and a flash in the pan every now and then from Tyson Mobley. You know, where's Tyler Roberts? Where's some of these other guys that can step up and, and, and play and Maybe this is the week that that happens. Jordan, who are you got? Who do you got eyes on? 
Reese White, Reese White has to come back in this game. I think he's going to come back motivated and wanting to get the ball in his hands. A lot of fumbles last week against Buffalo. I want to see how he responds. And you guys that were working the game said that you saw him on the field. You know, he's pretty down on himself and felt like, you know, a lot of this could have been on him if we lost. So I think that it's going to be on him to come into this game in Atlanta on primetime. And I feel like he's going to have a great game. I don't expect any fumbles this week out of him. And I expect him to have at least close to, if not over, 100 yards and maybe a couple touchdowns to help the offense out. So I'm going to go with Reese White. I mean, those are the two very good picks. Actually, those might have been like the two picks I was going to say. It's definitely um, Tyson Mobley because I do want to see him break out. Definitely Reese White because he would have had a great game if he just didn't fumble that ball. And I know that killed him. Um, now, if he plays, okay, because I'm not sure if he's going to play because I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, he was one of the guys that suffered a concussion or at least he like took a hit to the head. Uh, Jacob Jenkins. That's who I'm going to go with, Jacob Jenkins. And the reason why is because, look, Georgia State, again, if their defense ends up doing a lot of great things against our receiving team, somebody's going to have to come up and come in clutch. You know, maybe it'll be Tyler Roberts. You know, maybe it could be him. But I think Jacob Jenkins is going to have to be that tight end that is going to have to make those third down plays. He's going to have – I think that's the guy they're going to go to to catch those third down passes and get those first downs. And I think he is going to be the guy – that is going to keep Coastal's offense on the field. And just like Curtis said, a great defense is a strong offense. And if we can stay on that field as long as we possibly can, that gives Danny Granger less time to do what he does. So with that being said, uh, Jacob Jenkins, I expect him to not put up 100 yards or like three touchdowns or whatever like that, but I expect Jacob Jenkins to make those clutch catches and to keep Coastal on that field and to be a big part of this offense. Yeah, he's a guy that, Jacob Jenkins, he's a guy that we didn't really talk about before the season too much. When I first saw him, I was like, where did this guy come from? I got to look, and he's a transfer from Jacksonville State. He was on the team that beat Florida State last year on that late Hail Mary, so he's been in big games, and he's really emerged as one of Grayson McCall's favorite targets, and I feel like he definitely deserves a shout-out, and hopefully he's good to go this week, and I do like that pick. So, But, yeah, shout-out to Jacob Jenkins. Right, and, I, and again, that's if he plays, because I believe he did take a hit. I believe he did take some type of hit. If not, then like I'm trying to look at the stats. And I mean, the guy, the other guy that pops up is um, I think his name is Malden. I, I believe he might be the second stringer. One of these times tight ends is gonna have to come in clutch. I hope that Jenkins plays this game. I hope that he's okay and I hope he plays this game. It's kind of tough for us to like predict because they don't give out injury reports. So it's kind of tough to see who will play and who won't, and especially with a lot of concussions that happened last game. But if Jenkins plays, I expect him to make big plays. Yeah, and the other thing working against, you know, the walking wounded of Coastal Carolina is the short week. You've got a game on Thursday night. So, you know, hopefully some of these injured guys can get back in there and hopefully some of them can make an impact. But the guy that I've got my eye on, the lower half of Grayson McCall. So far this season, only 53 rushing yards. This is a guy that could have really, really made an impact running the ball and just hasn't so far. And I don't know if that's something that they coached into him with his injury. Like... It's just how he is. He should be competitive in the running game, and he's just not right now. The triple option that Coastal runs only works if, if Grayson McCall is a threat. He's not right now. He's a threat throwing the ball. He's damn good throwing the ball. We've seen that every game, but the running game just isn't a threat. So hopefully 
Grayson can use his legs and, and pick up a couple yards and get a couple first downs, and who knows, maybe he gets 50, 75 yards and really makes an impact. With that being said, I think it's time we move into predictions. Josh, Thursday night, ESPN2, national audience, Coastal Carolina in Atlanta. Who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to roll with the shots in this one, but I'm going to go 31-28. I think the line where it said at right about two, three points is pretty spot on. I've, I like the under as well. I think the defense is going to have a decent game. They're not going to hold – they're not going to be as good and force as many turnovers as last week, but I think they're going to keep it competitive and the offense is going to come out and put up some points. And I think it's going to be a game that's within one possession at all times. And it's going to be a dog fight and our experience so far in close games, although it hasn't looked pretty is going to kind of show in this game. And Georgia state hasn't been good in close games. So I think we're going to win. Maybe it's with the last second field goal, but, I think it's there's going, it's going to be pressure just like we saw in the last three games, and it's a late fourth-quarter drive where the Shants need to take the lead. Give me 35-24 Shants. I, I just feel like we're going to – the defensive line is going to continue to keep playing the way that they played from against Buffalo. I think it's going to transition into – we're going to get a bunch of sacks. I think Gerard Clark is going to get a sack in this game. Um, hopefully, Lance Boykin will be able to play – because uh, with Lance Boykin out there, along with the Jordan Strong, two of the best in the uh, Sun Belt and a group of five. So I think that, you know, they're going to be able to make some plays. I think that, um, you know, Shane Bruce, we don't know if he's going to be able to with his injury or not, but um, I think he's going to make some big plays. And we know Grace McCall is going to go out there and do Grace McCall things. He's going to have at least two or three uh, touchdowns throwing and maybe possibly a, a rushing one with the way the offensive line has been playing. The man runs around like he's, uh, you know, he's, he's just running around. So I, I see he needs to go out there and try to and get out of the, the offensive line and uh, go ahead and just try to get a rushing touchdown in it. So 35-24, I take the shots. That was the most weird way to say our offensive line sucks I've ever heard, Jordan. He's running around like he's running around. No, he's running around for his life, all right? You can say it, all right? Come on now. Mario, what are your thoughts? Where, where are you at with your prediction? Well, look, the one thing I've been saying is I want to see progress, you know? And I said, like, for the most part of the season, we're going to have to rely on our veterans, guys who have been there. But recently, if you really do look at even the three games, there has been, like, Flashes of some young of some new guys coming in and stepping up. Like we've seen Taven Jackson with a clutch interception. We've seen Jenkins come out of nowhere. We've seen guys like JT Killian and Shane Bruce just lighting it up. We've seen these guys come in like um, CJ Beasley. We got to see a little bit of action out of Nate Hope. So we've seen some new guys come in and like I've seen a lot of progress. Prochet is a big one too. When Boykin came out, Prochet came in. He performed very, very well. Here's what I'm going to say. I'm expecting the progress to continue. See, me and uh, I'm going to be on the same train as Jordan. I'm on the optimistic train, but I think it's going to be a lot more optimistic than people think. I'm going to go. So I did like a little bit of math just to get a projected score now. And my final prediction is 40 to 22 Coastal. And the reason why I put it at that big is because, is because the way I did it was like, so Georgia State versus their opponents – they have their whole like differential there was like six point like I think it was like 16 points or something like that between that differential score. Coastal has been beating guys by seven. So I was by like at least like I want to say six or seven or something like that. I can't really remember the whole math, but I did the math basically. And I think 40 to 22. Now look, bear with me. I think 
probably like the first half, maybe a little bit towards the beginning of the third. It's going to be a very, very close game. But I think Coastal is eventually going to get on like a nice, like a nice little like heat wave like they did in the uh, Buffalo game. And I think they're with the primetime lights on them. I think they're going to get used to it. And I think they're going to end up taking over this game in the later half. So I'll go 40-22, probably like 18 points. I'm very optimistic about it. And again, I'm hoping that they can progress and they can get better. So The Mario model. The Mario model. Just progress, get better. So, um, well, uh, we've arrived at the spot where I have to make a prediction. And I really don't want to. Um... Because I have no idea. What I do have is a bad gut feeling. And I hate it. I really hate it. I... Boy, it's so hard. I'm going to ignore my gut. I'm going to go 27-24 shots. Just barely. I'm going to go 27-24 shots in overtime. In overtime. They get a turnover from Georgia State to start it. They kick a field goal, walk-off winners. I feel you. But I don't have a good feeling going into this game. I just don't. And and I think it's just because Coastal hasn't shown me. So this is your chance to show me. Do it. Do it on national TV. Show everybody. Prove that my gut feeling is as bad as it can be. And, and we'll see. But, you know, you got to show me something. You got to show me something. So... Josh, I'll turn it over to you for uh, any final thoughts this week. Yeah, this is not necessarily a final thought, but just kind of a shout out to this guy that is not going to get any love in the post-game episode. He hasn't played all year, but a name that I came across on the box score. And with all the great names in college football today, I think we got to add this one to the list. They have a guy, he's a safety, he's a freshman from Macon, Georgia, hometown guy, and his name is DeIcy Hopkins. That's a hell of a name, and when I first saw it, I had to okay. look into it. D apostrophe okay. Icy Hopkins. That's the fucking best name in college sports. That's up there I with Dakotas, that wide receiver at, at Nebraska. Dude's name is De Icy Hopkins. I just had to shout it out, say something. Shout out to you, Mr. Hopkins. Yo, why is he not in the Icy Hot commercials with Shaq? There's got to be some NIL potential there that people – he was a three-star recruit, so – Maybe he's got to reach out to somebody. If he needs an agent, let me know. Absolutely, yeah. I'll broker some deals for you. I can I can make it with a client named Dicey. Come on now. But I think that's as good a place as any to go ahead and wrap this up. So for Josh, Mario, and Jordan, I go ahead and uh, sign us off today. Tune in Thursday night, 7 o'clock. The Shants are in Atlanta at what used to be Turner Field, playing on ESPN2, so it should be easy enough to find if you have the basic cable package. Follow us on Twitter at The Shant Show, on Instagram at Shant Show. Let us know uh, your score predictions. Who's going to win? What's the final score? Let us know. Let us know. With that, Shant's up. 